Me too. Hope you've been in the Word just more than right now. We'll talk about some of that here in a minute. Um, last week we kicked off this series called Deprivation, and our pastor did an amazing job of getting it started, talking about dehydration, how we need the, the, water, of the water of the Holy Spirit to come in and, um, and fill us and, and wash us and keep us clean and keep us from being um, all dried up and, and bitter as Christians. Nobody likes a, a dried up, bitter hack of a person. Amen. They like people that are well hydrated and ready to pour into their life. So that's who we are as believers. And so tonight we're going to talk about the next um, message in deprivation, which is starvation. You know, you can go without water for a little while, you can go without food for a little while, but eventually you need to make sure you're being sustained and taken care of. So tonight we're going to move on and talk about starvation as we move on in this series. And next week we're going to talk about asphyxiation. Got to say that real slow. Otherwise people will get a misinterpretation of what I just said. So um, I'm glad I'm going to preach on that one because I talked too fast for that word too many times. But um, anyways, John chapter number 4, verse 32 through 34 says, But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. So the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and accomplish his work. And so nice we get started with this message. We're going to go back to that verse at the very end. We're going to bring this thing full circle. But I want to I encourage you in this. Um, if, you're, if you're hungry, it's not God's fault. And um, we'll, just, we'll just keep it right there at that, and then we'll, we'll explain some of that as we go. But, but God has already provided everything we're ever going to need to live a life of godliness, like he said in his word. And so if you're hungry, you're not eating, it's not God's fault. And that brings it down to one other person, so I'll let you figure out who that is. Um, so let's talk about starvation. Starvation is a severe deficiency in caloric energy intake. In other words, you're not getting enough food. Below, below the level needed to maintain an organism's life. It is the most stream, extreme form of malnutrition. And so some, some signs and symptoms of starvation are irritability. We all know how we get, we're hungry, right? We've seen the want to get away commercials, you know, where people get, but we all know that when you're hungry and you're, you kind of get tired, you kind of get irritable, and you're like, and you snap at somebody just because you haven't had food. Well, we're going to notice tonight that everything that has a physical connotation has a spiritual connotation as well. When you haven't fed yourself in a while spiritually, what happens? You're irritable and you're down and you don't know why you're snapping at your family and, 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 and other people around you. And you're not physically hungry necessarily, but you're spiritually starving. And so you, you may need to get to a place to where you are um, getting some more food because, so that you're less irritable. Because nobody likes a grouchy person. Nobody likes a happy person that says lots of puns. All right. Now, there's fatigue. You get tired and you run down. You have trouble concentrating. You ever try to do some studying or reading or something like that when you're starving? And all you can think about is your stomach going... Maybe that's just me, but um, mine does that. Lethargy, you get real lethargic, you get real, real uh, kind of complacent, lackadaisical, you're like, ah, I don't feel like doing nothing. You know, and for introverts, that's not always a bad place to be. But all right, now physical changes, uh, weakness, you, get a, you can get a, a fast heart rate because your heart's trying to do more than what it, what it can do with, with, with a little bit of nutrients that it's got. Um, you get shallow or slow breath, thirst, constipation, and nobody likes that. Um, Sunken, glassed over eyes, muscles atrophy due to wasting. So you actually begin, after too long without food, you actually begin to digest yourself. You know, and so that's, you know, cannibalism. We don't like that. All right, now, a weakened immune system. How many of you know that, how many you know that um, if you're weak spiritually, just like this, um, and when something, something comes against you, it can cause a wound, but that wound doesn't heal very quick. Why? Because you don't have enough energy, enough strength to, to heal yourself, to let yourself do the same just like physical stuff, the same thing with spiritual stuff. Uh, poor response to infection. How many you know the devil can come along and plant a seed or something inside of you and it begins to grow and fester and do nasty things? Why? Because your body wasn't strong enough to fight off that infection. 
So we, we, and same thing spiritually, when, whenever something comes along and tries to, to get itself going in your life, some, somebody comes along and you have a choice to forgive or not forgive, yeah, it begins to make a, some nasty infection on you spiritually. And so we've got to get to the place where we stay strong, stay fed, stay filled up. No, we are full gospel, right? Full gospel, that's, uh, that's how I believe. Don't go around hungry, stay full. All right, now, let's talk about healthy hunger. There's a difference between hunger and starvation. Hunger, if you have a healthy hunger, you won't ever starve. Now, Psalms 23, 5a says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, we've all, we've all been in situations, all been in times where we walk into someone and they, and, they, and they want to invite you, they want to give you some food, they want to feed you. If you come to my house, we may not have anything in the fridge because we hadn't gone shopping, but my wife's going to at least try to shove a peanut butter sandwich in your face. You're not going to leave our place at least having offered some food. Um, we have people come over all the time, you hungry? You need something? And after about the third time, she'll, she might let up, but you've got to make sure you know that she, she's got enough. So you make sure that you're fed, make sure you're full, because that's just the kind of person she is. She loves to make sure people are eating. Now, as you can tell. Um, now, if you're at the table and you're not eating, there's going to be a few different reasons. The number one reason is you've already eaten. How many times have y'all gone to somebody's place and they're like, oh, you want some food? And they may have a whole thing set out. And you go, oh, no, I just ate. I'm good. I just, and you may not have just ate, but you're going to tell them you just ate because for whatever reason, pride, goofy stuff, I'm not going to take their food. Like, no, they're offering you food. No, I just ate. I'm okay. We do the same thing with God a lot of times. The Bible says, because they exchange the truth of God for a lie and worship the served, worship and serve the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Here's what we've got to realize. You're going to become like what you worship. Why does God ask you to worship him? Not because he needs not ego boosted, because he knows that what you worship you're going you're gonna to begin to act like, you're going to begin to talk like, you're going to begin to walk like. And so he knows you'll have a better life if you try to be like him. And so, so when, you, when you come, a lot of times we walk into the presence of God, and God's got this whole table set up. He's got a table set before you. This whole table set up, laid out in front of you. And I used to love listening to um, Brother Hagin when I was at Raymond talk about this. He goes, on that table is everything already provided for you that you're ever going to need. Say, so, pass some healing. Pass some mercy. Pass some grace. I need that big bowl of cash down there. Bring it this way. You know, God's already provided everything you're ever going to need, and it's on that table, but you've got to sit down at the table. But here's, here's the beautiful thing about it. If you're born again, you already got a place at the table. You're already seated there. God, you're seated in, high, in heavenly places in Christ, and God's got a big banquet table right there in front of you with everything you're ever going to need sitting on that table. But he can't make you eat. He's going to allow you to let yourself eat. So you've got, you've got to get to that place to where where you're eating at the, at, the, at, the, at the table of God. Now, we cannot overload on things of the world at the expense of our spirit. A lot of times we'll come, in, we'll come into God's table and, yeah, I've already eaten. What have you been eating? It's not at God's table. You know, it's, what is, uh, what has the TV offered you? What has is, what is Facebook offered you? What is, you know, you're eating stuff. You're eating some junk and you may feel like you don't need anything, but on the whole, whole time you're wasting away on the inside because you're not feeding yourself the proper things. So we must make sure that we're eating from the right table. And here's something we've got to realize. For every good thing God offers, the enemy's got a counterfeit. And he's a pretty good counterfeiter if you're not paying attention. So he's going to try to put some things in front of you that seem like a good thing. And so when you, when, when you get to God's table, I'll soon be like, well, I just ate that. Well, you thought you just ate that, but because you, weren't, you, because you were so desperate, so hungry, and you weren't at God's table, you ate the wrong thing. And you wonder why you're, why you're becoming weak and frail and why you're beginning to um, not enjoy what God's got set aside for you. We've got to realize that at the table of God is everything we're ever going to need, but we've got to make sure we're eating at the right table. Next thing, you're not feeling well. Ooh, here's a, that's a, that's a, here's a good one. Now, Proverbs 17, 22, 
A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Ah, now, what crushes your spirit? Well, anything that's, that's not of him, pretty much. But we've got to understand this. Anything that, that begins to dry up, that begins to take from, take from the, the things that God's going to set aside for, it will begin to dry you up and keep you from being in a place to where you can enjoy, enjoy who he is. Now, unforgiveness and offense will hinder your ability to receive from his table. Someone with a healthy spirit will be quick to forgive. Here's, here's what we've got to understand. You know, a lot of times, I'm one of these, I say, I was one of these nervous stomach people. You know, every big event that happened in my life, I, I threw up. You know, got married, threw up. Had kids, threw up. Took kids to church camp, threw up. You know, um, you know, go on a mission trip, throw up. You know, it, it's just, because, and so when, and the worst thing you can do in that situation, you walk to the table and it's like, you smell food and you're like, oh, that's not good right now. And you may not have eaten anything in a couple of days, but because you're all worked up on the inside because something's not right, you know, the last thing you want to do is put something in there because you know it's not going to stay there long. Amen. And that, that's, <laughs> all the fishermen said, amen. Um, that ship was rocking and rolling from what I understand. And not in a good way. Um, um, now, you, when, 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 you're, when, you, when you're healthy spiritually, when, you, when, you've, when you've been, when, you, when you're full, when you're not starving spiritually, when, when something tries to come in and, um, and, and implant itself in you, tries to keep you from making you not feel well, then all of a sudden it's like, that forgiveness begins trying to... No, if you're healthy, if you're strong, you, you'll, you'll let it slide. You know, um, heaven forbid I would go out and try to play football right now because I would take a hit and it would hurt and I would just lay there and cry. Now, my son is in football shape. He goes out there and gets hit every week. He bounces right back from it. If I get hit one time, I'd probably not bounce back so quick. I'm a little softer than he is. I, don't, I would just kind of hit the ground and stay there. But the same thing is, the same thing, the same thing is, is true spiritually. When, when you're healthy spiritually, some of these things come in and you just let them bounce right back off. Why? Because you're not depending upon somebody else to prove you're not getting fed from somewhere, somebody else's table to worry about what's coming against you from outside of the table of God. And so we've got to, we've got to stay in that place to where we're, um, we're in a place of forgiveness and, we're, and we're, we're allowing God to come in and speak to us and he's who's, who we get our validation from. We don't allow offense, the offense to come in and begin to keep us from being from not feeling well because when there's something between you and someone else, when there's, not, when there's no forgiveness there, you don't receive from God the way you would. You can, you can hear the good message. You can listen to all the CDs and tapes you want to. But you're always going to be looking through that filter of unforgiveness. You're always going to be looking through that filter of, of whatever situation is bothering you, whatever you haven't released yet, whatever you haven't let, haven't let go of it. You're not going to eat the way you should because there's something hindering you from receiving what you're supposed to receive. It's not like a parasite in your body. You can take in all the good things you want, but something's going to keep depleting you of the resources that you've got to have. So you've got to make sure that you're, that you're feeling well at, at the table. And it simply comes from being able to release and keep hurts from building up in your life because... You're a strong, sustained, powerful Christian. Amen? Okay. I'm glad you all are. All right. Now, Psalm 30. The next thing is, and here's the big one with Christians. You don't like what's being served. You know, and, and this, is, this is kind of, um, I always get convicted of this when I go to other countries, especially third world countries, because you go there, and it wouldn't matter what it was you put in front of them, they're going to eat it. Why? Because they're appreciative of what they got. Here in America, we're a little bit different. You know, we're... we're let it slide on by. I don't need none of that. That's, you know, that's kind of how I'm with, when a tomato comes by, just let it slide on by. But, mmm, room. No, thanks. No. Now, Psalm 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, and blessed is the man who takes refuge, refuge in him. <laughs> now, notice what this says. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. It didn't say the food was good. Come on, that's There's, 
There's, there's, there's, a big, there's a big difference here. A lot of times God's going to put something in front of you that you don't want to eat. A lot of times there's a, you're going to come across a verse in the Bible that says, do unto others without having them do unto you. And that person just did something not so pleasant to you. And you don't want to eat that food. Sometimes God's going to get in there and he's going to say, you've got to, you've got to change this, this, this laziness habit you've got. Or God's going to come in and say, you've got to change this situation you're going through. Or you've got to work on this part of your life. And it's like, that's not the food I want to eat. But here's the problem. It's not always dessert all the time. We all love the promises. We all love to, we all love to sit down to the dessert side of the table and eat all the, eat all the dessert we can eat all the time. You know, we, lo- we love the God's going to meet all my needs. We, we, love, we love all the God's get blessed with every spiritual blessing in heaven. We love all those. We love to claim the promises. But if you're not willing to claim the commands and walk in the commands, don't expect to walk in the promises. You, you can't sit there. I'm the world's worst about this too. If, if, well, a lot of times for... Um, when a staff has a birthday, we, just, we go pick up donuts. Somebody goes and gets donuts, so we eat donuts as a staff kind of to celebrate this person's birthday. But someone better bring some pig in the blankets because if I get a donut in there without any other food in there, it's that whole sick thing again. Um, and that's what a lot of us do. We're, 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 so, we're, we're, so, we're so bent on it. We're so ready to sit at the, at the dessert end of the table that we don't receive any of the things that are going to sustain us and keep us going for a long time. Now, the promises are great. We need to walk in the promises, but we've got to be in a place where we'll, we'll eat the broccoli too. Now, here's the cool thing about broccoli. You can put cheese on it. On now. now, and see, now if you don't like what's being served, if you don't like what's coming, say, God, make, the, make this palatable for me. Make it so I can handle it. He will. You know, because I don't, like I said, I don't like tomatoes. But if you put some pico in front of me, I can handle that. Or you put some salsa in front of me or some tomato soup or some ketchup. I'll eat all that stuff. But don't throw a tomato in front of me. I know, it's weird. It's pretty much the same thing, but it tastes better when you fix it up. So I can still get the benefits of the tomato, but I don't have to eat the tomato directly, kind of. I, but um, as, long as, as long as you fix it up and make it taste good. See, here, here's what we, we got. God will never let you go hungry, but you've got to learn to eat what he's prepared. You've, you've, got, you've got to learn to take in, take in what, he's set, what he's set in front of you. And when he brings something in front of you, you've got to trust that, okay, he's got this set up. He knows I need it, so he's going to give it to me. You know, I don't necessarily want to eat cabbage or cauliflower or some of these, some of these things. If it's green, I probably got something against it. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. But here's the thing. My wife is really good about making stuff to eat that I, that I like. I never ate Brussels sprouts until she fixed them with cranberries and bacon and all the good stuff that goes in them. But I'm still eating the Brussels sprouts, but, I, but, but she made it where I can handle it. Same thing with asparagus. Never liked asparagus. But she fixed it up where I could, where I can eat it. And so I'm getting the benefits of it. And, and what, what, God's the same way. Say, God, this is hard for me to deal with. Show me how to take this and show me how to deal with it. Show me how to ingest this so I can get the, get the nutrients I need from it because I want to get to where I'm receiving the promises, but until I learn to walk in your ways, the promises are just, are just, uh, are just wishing and hoping. We've got to get to the place where we're receiving the nutrients so that the promises come to pass. Now, a healthy person has an appetite. I'm pretty healthy right now. Um, here, here, here's the... Here's the thing you gotta understand: if 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 you if you if you're not eating, something's wrong. If you're not hungry, there's something going on. If you can go days upon end without eating, there's something going on. You need to go check out what's going on. Same thing spiritually. If you're not hungry for the Word, if you're not hungry for for more of Him, if you're not hungry to see Him move in a different way, if you're not hungry to see see Him do do things in your life and see Him move and bless and touch you in a certain way, you've got you've got you got to ask God, show me what's wrong. And and God's not gonna slap you down for telling him you're not hungry right now. He's going to say, but what, what, he's going to ask you, where'd you eat? What spoiled your dinner? You know, just like we, you get in trouble if, 
You know, if I was to walk in, I knew my wife was making dinner. If I was to walk in and not want to eat because I just stopped at McDonald's on the way home, I wouldn't get the best look. Now, it's the same thing. If, 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 if you're full or you're not hungry anymore, say, God, I'm just not hungry. Show me what's wrong. And he's going to say, well, you've been filling up too much on this. Or you've been filling up too much on this. But he's, he's not going to slap you down and stomp on you and tell you you're some bad, horrible person. But if you'll ask him, he'll show you what you can do to get your hunger back. Because I promise you, you'll be much more satisfied, much, much, feel much better when you fill up on the things of the word rather than the things of the world. Now, like I've been told several times when I go to places, go to, places to, to um, someone's house to eat, that if you leave hungry, it's your fault. You know, when you, you know if, you come, if you come to our base group, if you leave hungry, it's your fault. There's always be something sad. There's always be something. If you, if you go to, you know, if you go, some, if you go somewhere, like anytime you go to one of my wife's family place, if you go somewhere to eat and you leave hungry, it's not because it wasn't there. You know, if you leave the table of God, you get up and you're still hungry when you get up, it's not God's fault. He said it all in front of you. It's a matter of you learning how to, how to, how to, how to ingest it. Which brings us to the next point, which nobody's going to like, but we're going to talk about it anyways. Are we malnourished, immature, or both? And, um, you know, I had to check um, C on this one, all of the above. Um, now, Hebrews 5, 11 through 6, 2 says, About this we have much to say, and it's hard to explain, since you've become dull of hearing. Slap number one. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracle of God. Slap number two. In other words, you need someone to teach you all over again the, the basics of the kingdom. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have, the, have, the, have their powers of discernment or their digestive tract trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Now chapter 6 starts off by saying, Let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. Now listen to these things. These are the foundation things. Not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, and instruction about washings or baptisms, the laying out of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Now, God said those things are Christianity 101. How many of us can go through those things and say, I don't know all about that stuff? You know, we, we've got to understand that God expects us to be able to take these, these, these basic things, because if you're going to explain to someone why they need to be born again, you need to know these things right here. You need to know about repentance from dead works. What's that mean? simply means that you repented from your old you and becoming a new you. But we've got to understand these things. All these things right here that, that sound so, so big and so, so difficult, God says these things are the basis. These are, this is Christianity 101. This is where we should start. This is the foundation. This is what we build upon. But how many believers do you know that have been born again for a long, long time that couldn't even begin to scratch the surface of what these things right here have? I was born again a long time before I knew what a lot of these things were. I mean, what we've got, what we got to understand is... Paul said, that's the milk. That's the brand new stuff. That's the, that's the beginning stuff. That's the, that's the foundation stuff. That's stuff we ought to know from the get-go. And so we've got, we've got to bring ourselves to place. We've got to really give ourselves a, a good self-examination and say, all right, if that's what maturity, if, that, if God says that's what starts a mature Christian, that's where, where we've got to start from, how far along am I? How much have I let myself grow? How much have I let myself mature to get to a place where I can take care of and feed myself? Now, when someone suffers from starvation, they're actually suffering from malnutrition. Malnutrition is a lack of necessary nutrients required to sustain proper bodily function. You can eat several times a day and still starve to death because of malnutrition. If I just ate popcorn all day long, I could be full. It'd take a whole lot of popcorn, but I, but I, I could be full 
But I would starve to death because there's not much nutritional value in popcorn. A lot of fiber, I might have some other issues. But there's no, there's no nutritional value in it. And so what we've got to, we've got to realize is just because we're full, feeling full, just because we're getting, we're getting some stuff on the inside of us doesn't mean that we're, we're taking the proper things, the proper nutrition that we've got to have. And so that's what God said. There's these basic things where you need to get established in your life. You need to know about what eternal judgment means. You need to know about what resurrection of the dead is all about. And that doesn't mean the one time Jesus rose up from the dead. There's going to be several resurrections that take place before he comes back. We've got to understand what the resurrection of the dead is. We need to understand there's more than one baptism in that tank over there. There's several baptisms that you go through. And as, as a believer, we've got to understand these things. But a lot of us don't even know where to start on this because we've never allowed ourselves to grow and begin to dive into the Word of God and understand what some of these things are. Many believers have not learned or refused to learn how to feed themselves. Our pastor did a great job a couple weeks ago talking about, talking about how we've, we've got, we, you know, in America especially, and here, even here at the Way Bible Church, we've, we, we hear amazing messages. We, hear, we have amazing worship. We, we have daily devotions that go out all the time. And so it becomes very, very easy to just take in and take in, but we never really learn how to feed ourselves. Here's what, here's what we've got to understand. These things that, that you get here, the, the messages and stuff that you get here at the church, they shouldn't be how you hear from God. They should confirm what you've heard from God. And, and not, not in a haughty way, but there's very few times that Pastor Joel preached something that's brand new to me. Not that he doesn't preach good, but I don't take that as, oh, here we go again, I've heard this before. No, he is confirming what God has already taught me. And so I'm not sitting here waiting to hear a word that I'm going to survive on from the pulpit. I'm sitting here going, I'm living on this, and God is just encouraging me along the way with things that, that our pastor's pouring into our life. And it accentuates what I already know. It helps me grow and helps me reestablish and reaffirm those things that are already in my life. It makes it a lot easier to minister when you're talking to people that have a clue about what's going on. That's right. You know, Sunday morning, Wednesday nights, that's just the gravy on the potatoes. I mean, I like potatoes all week long, but you put gravy on them, it's that much, they're that much better. Here's what, here's what we got to understand. We, beca- we can become very parasitic in our Christian walk because we're always trying to leech off somebody else's salvation. We're always trying to leech off what they've learned rather than get to know for ourselves what God wants to say to us. There's, there's, very, there's very few Christians that I know, prospectively, o- overall, that can actually sit there and actually feed themselves. You know, and, and it's, not, it's, not, it's not the pastoral staff's job to feed you. It's the pastoral staff's, staff's job to pour into your life and to confirm and reaffirm the things that God's already doing. It's so much easier to walk through your Christian life not from... From, um, from Sunday to Wednesday, Sunday to Wednesday, Sunday to Wednesday, or, or two Sundays a month, or however, however often you make it, you know, you wouldn't, if you just ate every Sunday and every Wednesday, I'd be a lot thinner, that's for sure. But if you just, if you just ate, that, you, you'd, 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 you'd kind of be a miserable wreck because you'd be starving all the time. And so what happens is you kind of get um, Christian bulimia. You come in and you get, all, you get all full and you get loaded up and then you go several days without eating again. And when, when something goes on, you just barf it all up on everybody, whatever's going on. And then you move on and you get filled up again. And the same thing happens. You've got to, you've got to get to a place where, where you're feeding yourself on a regular basis. When you, when, you, when you come here, it's just a dessert. It's just you enjoying and you coming in full because, because you can come in here and you go, man, I'm loaded up. I'm ready to find somebody to, to pour into, not look for somebody to pour into me. Now, I'm not saying if you're in a place where you're still needing to receive because there's a lot of people that, that haven't had the opportunity to grow that... The way, that, the way that some have. But I'm, I'm saying you need to have a desire to eat and be fed every day, not just wait for somebody to come pour it on you and spoon feed you on a weekend or on a Wednesday night service. There's so much more to the Christian life. And, and I promise you, a word means so much more to you when you get it directly from the Spirit of God than if, no matter who, who spoke it. 
doesn't matter how powerful the speaker is, doesn't matter how powerful the person that delivered it was, when you hear God tell it directly to you, it's not gonna, you're not going to lose it. Not, it's not going to leave you. It's going to be there forever because it's a revelation God gave you. You're not living off somebody else's, somebody else's food. Now, a mature person will do what it takes to properly, take care, to properly care for themselves. You know, you don't have to tell me to take a bath or brush my teeth or, you know, put on clean clothes, change my shorts, whatever you want to say. You don't got to tell me that. Why? Because I've grown up enough to know that I can do that myself. But a lot of times... In the, in, the, in the spiritual realm, you know, you've not gone to a place where you're waiting for, you're waiting for pastor so-and-so or, or your mentor or whoever it is to tell you what to do for the next step in your life. That's not, that's not being a grown, mature believer. That's depending on somebody else to, to, to kind of guide you, walk you. When the Holy Spirit says, that's my job. That's what I do. Just learn to hear my voice. Just learn to look at my face, and I will, I will show you. And so, and so you can go, you go, from, you go through, a, through a, a, a life of malnutrition because you're only getting fed every once in a while. No, let's get to the place where we're feeding ourselves on a regular basis, and when we come to a place like this, we get to, we get to, see, we get to see God confirm things. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm in the right crowd for this. How many of you all have ever been reading a scripture throughout the week and God's been speaking to you, and you get to church on Sunday or Wednesday, and that same scripture is what's being taught on, on a Sunday morning? How much more edifying is that than if you just heard it for the first time on Sunday morning? Why? It's because God is confirming, in his, God is confirming through, through someone in leadership, God's confirming what you've already heard, and, and, and speaking to you, yeah, Your Honor, it's, it's, it's encouraging, it's, it's, um, it's foundational in your life. God begins to confirm and encourage you in what you've been studying because, man, he just sheds more light on that. And I've been studying that. And so when you're seeking, God's going to find a way to pour in you, but you've got to be feeding, feeding on, on what he's got set aside for you to walk in. I love, I love this one of my favorite quotes by Smith Wigglesworth. He says, we feed our body three hot meals a day, but give our spirits one cold snack a week. You know, if we, if we ate physically the way we ate, or if we ate physically the way we ate spiritually, what would we look like? You know what I mean? And I'm not telling you to be, be a fat, obese Christian because we'll talk about that here in a minute. There's, there's ways to work off what you eat, and God expects you to do that. But, um, now, I talk about some of this. Now, church service should enhance your diet and not be your diet. You know, there's a, lot, there's a lot of times that, you know, there's a lot of things that you can do to when, you, when, 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 you're, when you're trying to eat that make, make the food taste better. Well, whenever you're, whenever you're walking along and you're getting things throughout the week and God is speaking things to you and you come in and God, God begins to show you some things and God begins to add to what you've already learned and God begins to expand what, you, what you've been studying and, you, know, and you, meet, you go to the Word and you go, God, that, that's, a, that's a good question. And you wait for the Spirit to reveal some things to you, and you begin to see some things, and then, and then you hear it from the, hear it from the pulpit or hear it from, from somebody in a, in a base group or something like that. That's simply God showing you, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guide you along. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to feed you along the way. But it, it becomes a whole lot more nourishing whenever you've been, been feeding yourself. So let's talk about spiritual atrophy, atrophy for just a second. James 2.17 says, So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Now, just like your muscles are your source for movement and operation in your body, that's what your faith is in the spiritual realm. The way you operate in the spiritual realm, the way you operate in the kingdom, the way you operate in the, in the realm of God, the way, the way you move and work around is by your faith. The way you receive things from the kingdom of heaven, the way you receive what God has provided is by faith. You receive it. Faith is, 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 what, is what brings from one thing to another thing and moves you from one, 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 one place to another in the spirit. And we've, we've heard this said several times, but faith obtains everything that grace provides. God's got the table set, set right in front of you, but you've got to sit there and eat. 
You've got to, be, you've got to take it in. You've got to allow God to, to, to feed you the way he wants to feed you. So you, you've got to begin to obtain those things by faith that you've got to have. Faith will reach out and grab the things that you've got to have. But see, faith without works is dead. So now, we, talk, we talked about this a little bit at the beginning. But starvation causes the body to begin to consume itself in order to survive. When you stop feeding on the word, you begin looking to your own wisdom to survive. And how many of you know, that's not going to last very long. Not calling anybody unintelligent. But if I had to survive by my own wisdom very long, I'd starve pretty quick. And so we've, we've, got, to, we've, got, to get to, we've got to get to a place where we've got to understand that whenever, when, if, we're, if, we're, if we're self-consuming, you know, and you, and you see... You see, a lot of, you see a lot of ministry stuff burn out. You know, I don't ever believe a minister is supposed to retire. They're supposed to refire. But when, when it comes to your ministry, when it comes to your spiritual walk, you're never supposed to get to a place where, okay, I can just sit back and let it, let it slide now. I've, I've, I've lived my life. No, you're supposed to keep consuming, supposed to keep eating, supposed to keep walking to a place where God continually uses you over and over again. But what happens is we get to a place where we've allowed ourselves to, to dwindle away and wither away spiritually. And we've been, we've been devouring ourselves spiritually because we, we, we were depending on um, revelation and word that we got several years ago and so that muscle that we built and that, that faith that we built up through that is now being digested and being used over and over and over again where that was supposed to be built and built upon and strengthened and grown to a place to where to where um, we, see, we see God use it continually and, and make it stronger than what we were now faith, is, faith has got to be fed Mitch you can go ahead and come, you can go ahead and come on up I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with this John chapter 6, verse 47 through 51. And this is, one of the, this is one of those scriptures that people always kind of get tripped up on. It says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the man in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat it and not die. I am a living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give him for the life of the world is my flesh. And this is where the disciples started taking off and leaving because... Because um, they thought Jesus was talking about cannibalism. Well, if you go back to John chapter 1, Jesus said, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we've seen His glory, the glory of the one. So Jesus said, when you, when, you, when you take me in, you're taking in my Word, you're taking in my truth. It said, Jesus, even Jesus was full. It says He was full of grace and truth. He didn't go around hungry. He had grace and He had truth. And how, how, do, how do you, how do you um, interpret the truth? Well, His grace... Is what's gonna is what's gonna strengthen and equip you to be who you're called to be, and you take you take and use that to interpret the truth that he's got. And Jesus said, "I am full of grace and truth. If you'll take me in, you'll have grace in your life, you'll have truth in your life, and you begin to you'll begin to walk and be, begin to be fed the way you need to be fed." We've got to get to that that place where we allow we allow ourselves to, to feed on who He is in our life. And here's here's where we come where we come back to um, what faith really is. And this is what Jesus said, and we read at the beginning. It says, "He said to them." I have food to eat that you know nothing about. And we all know that what just happened, they'd gone away to get food, and Jesus was ministering to the, the Samaritan woman at the same time. And by the time he got back, he'd been so, he'd been so filled up with, with the Spirit of God and the ministry he was doing, he wasn't hungry anymore. So he said, I've got food to eat that you know nothing about. So the disciples said to one other, has anyone brought him something to eat? And Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Fed faith will lead to spiritual satisfaction. And, he, and, he, and here's, here's where this goes. We need, to sit here, we need to stop trying to do things to prove our faith. We need to establish beliefs in us so strongly that they dictate what we do. Jesus, Jesus didn't do stuff to try to prove he was the son of God. He allowed, he allowed his faith and his belief in God to prove that for him. 
We, see, we, we sit there and we go, well, I got to do this because I'm a Christian. I got to do this. No. If you're just doing it because you're a quote-unquote Christian, that's not faith that you're trying to live up to a title or position. And that goes back to works. That goes back to Old Testament, Old Testament junk that we want to get out of. Now, here, here's, here's what happens. I don't, I don't tithe because that's what I got to do because I'm a Christian. I tithe because I've established that belief in my life and I, I allow it to dictate what I do with my money. I don't, I don't, sit, I don't sit here and I don't um, pray for other people and speak to other people and witness to other people because I have to because I'm a Christian. I do that because there's a belief in me that says to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why we do it. We, we don't do it because we're trying to prove what we believe. We do it because that's what we believe and that belief is propelling us into what God's got set aside for us to do. And so when you become full, when you establish these beliefs in your life, when you, allow, when you eat at the table, when you begin to understand who you are in Christ and who he's made you to be, that belief will pr propel you into what you've got to do for God and you're not sitting here trying to prove who you are. God is proving that through you by you walking and doing what, what, what you say you believe. If you, don't, if you don't do it, you don't really believe it. Or if you're, just doing it be, if you're just doing it to look good on Sundays and Wednesdays, then you don't really believe it. Allow God to begin to fill you. Allow God to continue to eat at his table. Allow him to fill you up. And, and if you don't believe it, don't do it. Don't, don't fake it. But don't be sitting there and not trying to believe either. Establish some things in your life. If you're looking for, figure out one promise that you want from the Word of God. Figure out one command he said to do and begin to meditate on that. Begin to feed yourself on it. Begin to sit there at the table. Begin to let yourself get filled up with that. And when it, when it gets strong enough in you when, you, when you, when you allowed it to fill you up enough, when you've allowed it to, to um, build, that in, build in you enough, where you, you're going to step out and do it. If you, really, if you really, really truly believe that God would, when you lay hands on a sick, they would recover, then you wouldn't hesitate to do it whenever, whenever you saw a sick person. But the thing is, because we haven't truly established that foundational belief in our life, we don't step out and do it. But if we, were to, if we were to go home every night before we went to bed for about five or ten minutes, sit there and, 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 and begin to meditate on healing scriptures before we went to sleep, it wouldn't be very long. That It would, it wouldn't, it would almost be a, a subconscious action. You walk in and you see somebody sing, you go, oh, let's just pray for you real quick, and you see God do something. Why? Not because you're trying to prove you're Christian because that's what Christians do. It's because that belief has been established in you, and it caused you to take a step. You stepped out, on, you stepped out by faith, and, and, that, and that's, what, that's what a revelation word from God does. It, it's a belief that's established in you, and the Holy Spirit has shed light on it. And so it's not a matter of you trying to live up to that belief. That belief is propelling you to do what the belief is. And so tonight, if y'all would stand with me, we're going to worship for just a minute. I want, I want, to, I want to encourage you, I want to encourage you this, like I, like I said during the message. If you, if you leave hungry, it's your own fault. Tonight, you, you can come in and, and may, maybe you are starving spiritually. Maybe you're realizing that's why I'm so weak. Maybe that, that's, why, that's why I'm dealing with what I'm dealing with. Maybe, maybe that's what the situation is. If you'll, if you'll come tonight and say, Holy Spirit, begin to fill me up. Begin to show me what I'm putting in my life that's hindering, you, hindering me from being hungry for you. Begin to show me what's keeping me from walking in the, in the, in the, in the, in the glory that you have set aside for me to walk in. Why am, I not, why am I not drawn to you more? Why am I not seeking you more? Why am I not more hungry for the things of you in my life? He'll open your eyes, he'll show you. And all you got to do is make a choice to believe what he says and, and act out that belief. So tonight as we worship with every, with every eye closed.